ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for What Do You Call It Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of What Do You Call It Podcast. I'm your host, GB. And today's guest is the Pride of Russia. Please give up for the Russian dynamite, Masha Slamovich. How are you doing today? You all right? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. I'm off tomorrow, so I cannot complain. And I get to talk to you, who I know you are very, very busy at the moment, as we discussed before recording. I'm actually going to kickstart the show by talking about something that was announced uh, this month. It, I actually want to say congratulations, by the way, I'm being announced for the basically the NWA's first ever all-women's pay-per-view, which is happening uh, this Sunday. Uh, as you'll be entering the first ever NWA Women's Invitational Cup, I want to ask you, who are you looking forward to facing and what does this honour mean to you? I'm looking forward to facing anybody who gets in that ring with me because, honestly... I don't think it matters because we all know we all know what's going to happen at the conclusion and that's going to be getting my arm raised. Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, but it is such a huge honor for me to be a part of the first ever Women's Invitational Cup because I'm sure if anybody goes back to listen to other interviews I've done, I've always said how much I, you know, love old wrestling. I watched NWA and like the history of it, being a part of it, and especially mm. getting to make history with the first ever Women's Cup is going to be really awesome. So it's a really huge honor to me. It's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to watching that uh, when it happens. Uh, you also appeared on AEW Dark uh, last night. So I forget times and differences sometimes. Uh, facing off against Penelope Ford. Uh, how was the experience for you? And what was the atmosphere like backstage in AEW? It was really excellent. Uh, the atmosphere in the back, everybody was very helpful, very nice. I had a great time there. Um, and of course, I had a great time actually wrestling on Dark against Penelope Ford. Mm -hmm. uh, not a bad word to say. Definitely hope there will be more chances to be back in the future. And, you know, really thankful, grateful, and happy with the experience. You're going to be back. Like, that. Just, it's just going to happen. Like, I I'm not trying to big you up or anything, but... It's going to happen, like, you know, you're so good as it is. Um, I'm going to go back to the beginning, and I want to ask, when did you first become a fan of pro wrestling? I was a really young kid when I first started watching wrestling. I was probably, mm -hmm. like, four years old, maybe. And I just remember loving watching martial arts movies and always thinking, like, hey, man, I want to be a ninja. I want to be, like, a black belt in karate. And then I was... I just discovered wrestling and I was like, no, that's what I'm going to do. That's like, it called to me. I'm like, this is my, this is my path. And I never doubted it since I just fell in love with it. And it just completely overtook my whole life. Did you have any favorites growing up? Sort of any role models uh, in the wrestling world that you like worshipped or was everyone just sort of the same to you? The two wrestlers who always stood out to me were obviously Chris Benoit and The Undertaker. And I just thought The Undertaker was the coolest wrestler ever. I like this guy is a dead man and he's wrestling. <laughs> and it's great shit. And the American badass is yeah. probably the cause of so much misbehavior in school uh, for myself when I was a kid. <laughs> um, so yeah, a huge fan. And I've always just loved 
Chris Benoit's intensity. I'm sure that uh, has rubbed off on my work as yeah. well. But it's that was what drew me in was that it always looked like a real fight. And from what yeah. I heard, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, obviously, I'm not going to talk about what happened later on. But in terms of his wrestling career, he was one of the absolute best of all time, no doubt. Um, I also, I want to ask because I'm because you're can't tell by an accent but was you born in Russia and if you were how long did you live there because I've heard before you said an interview you did recently that you've been back and forth but I just want to know were you actually born there and you know basically how long did you actually stay out there for yeah well what I said in the other interviews right was that it was always a back and forth thing mm -hmm. and uh, I was actually messaging with one of the promotions over there about going back so there's something to look forward to because I haven't wrestled in Russia since January of 2019, I believe. So oh, wow. it would be cool to be able to come back in what would probably be 2022 by then. So that's what, like, three years? Yeah. Uh, yeah, bloody hell. Did, didn't realize how much the pandemic sort of been up sort of the times. You know? <laughs> oh, um, yeah, time is not even <laughs> anymore. I just can't keep track of it. I can imagine. I can imagine. Um, how did you start training with Johnny Rods? Um, at school was it the world of unpredictable wrestling so how did you basically discover it uh so I just remember one day I was I want to say I was like a sophomore or junior I don't know in high school yeah and man just one day I was like I hate my life I everything sucks I <laughs> have purpose and yeah. everyone telling me to go find like a career path like oh you better figure out if you want to be a lawyer or not because you have to go to college I'm like I don't want to do any of that I want to be a wrestler and I was like hey well you know it's no time better than the present to start working towards those goals yeah when on google I was like wrestling schools in New York City and I saw House of Glory but then right above it I saw uh the world of unpredictable wrestling and I'm like all right well that one ranks first let me click on it called Johnny I ended up going down there and then that it began nice and you can't ask for a better coach who trained the Dudley boys and Taz and Tommy Dreamer you know some of the biggest names in wrestling history so you know you know you're gonna be in good hands uh, what are some of the biggest challenges of training I mean you know it's hard to say that there like I found there to be any as mm -hmm. wild as that is to say because I just got in there with the mentality of I'm going to do whatever it takes. Anything that's asked of me is going to get done. Yeah. And the way I was coached, you know, no was not an acceptable answer. It's going to get done one way or another. You know what I mean? So yeah. I was very adamant that I was going to do it and I was going to do it right, whatever it was. So I would just go there day in and day out every single day, six days a week like six hours a day I would stay there from the second I got there till doors closed and just I knew I had to work my hardest if I wanted to make it so yeah. that's good no good I like that mentality uh when did you make your official western debut uh that was in Japan wasn't it just to confirm yes so I could have not wrestle in New York State because you have to be 18 and I started training at 16 so oh, I was okay like, to wrestle I was managing working the camera doing all the other stuff I think I roughed a match too um but by the time I was uh, I just graduated high school and I turned 18 um it was already talked about and made for the plans that I was gonna go have my debut in Japan and on 
July 8th of 2016, I debuted with Reina Pro Wrestling in a six-man match. That's quite cool. Someone from America making an actual wrestling debut in Japan. Um, And obviously Japan... That was wild to me because that's just not... Something that not happens. 18 years old, like just, just unheard of in, in wrestling, to be honest. But you did it. That's that's awesome. I mean, you actually lived in Japan for quite a long time. Uh, I just want to ask about your experiences in Japan. Uh, I want to ask about the culture. Basically, how how long did it take you really to settle in? And uh, was there any like sort of a language barrier there? So I remember the first time I went, I went for a month and a half. Mm-hmm. And you know, from being from New York City and Moscow, those are two big cities where you just kind of have to know to navigate or you're just not going to make it. And so even if I just couldn't read the signs or anything, I'm like, hey, I'm going to figure it out. So I would just go around Tokyo and like Chiba Prefecture and explore, you know, I, I just didn't really find a challenge. It was really hard to like go to the grocery store and not know what the hell anything was because there was much <laughs> writing. Yeah. So I would just have to like guess and figure it out what it was. Um, but it was fine. And then when I came back to live there for a whole year with Marvelous in 2020, it, it felt like I had, was coming home. So it just felt so familiar and good to be there. I didn't really find any challenges. I adapted pretty quick. Oh, nice. I like to hear that. You sort of settle in quite quickly then. And um, I'm going to assume you are going to go back there when you can, because we forget the whole... certainly hope so. I'm definitely not done with my work in Japan. That's awesome. I'd love to go to Japan one day. Just hear nothing but good stuff about it. Um, but we're not here to talk about me, here to talk about you. Um, I'd like to ask, because you've worked in TNA, Impact Wrestling. I'm always going to call it TNA, no matter how many times I change the name. I just want to ask, what was it like working against Jordan Grace and Havoc? How did you find that experience? It was another really great experience. Um, somebody had reached out to me from the roster because I'd done one of their seminars in the Maritimes, I believe a month prior, and they said to come by, help out, and they happened to need somebody that night. It was me. I had a great time working Jessica Havoc, and the next day, unbeknownst to me, they wanted me back. So at 4.30, they called me talking about my match was at 6.45. So I had to drop everything and run and pretty much just run into the building and run into the ring to wrestle Jordan. And Mm -hmm. it was a really wonderful experience. I think we had a good match. And this coming Sunday will actually be the first time we share a ring again since that match in TNA at American Rana for Beyond Wrestling in Massachusetts, which will be streaming on IWTV. Oh, nice. Like to hear that. That's awesome. Now, she's, Jordan Grace is just unreal. I saw her in London um, for progress, and she was good at being a heel, but just her, her ring work, well, I can't, let me try it again. Her in-ring work is awesome. Really, really good. Um, as you have mentioned about Japan and wrestling in America, now that we have pretty much come at the end of the pandemic, is there anywhere in the world that you haven't been to that you really want to go and wrestle in? 100%. Um, I... My, like, top three places that I want to check off are England, Mexico, and Australia. Because I've yet to be to those places, and they're definitely next on my list. So the more the world starts opening up, you know, hopefully I'll be able to check off little tours, and I'll be able to hit the road again, travel the world, and do what I do best. That'll be sweet. You'll you'll be welcome in England. The fans will love you. Just give us good wrestling, and just put with our chance and beer. You'll be fine. <laughs> uh, what's it like working for Josh Barnett's Blood Sports Six? What's it like being involved with that? 
Uh, it was a really lovely experience. Um, you know, even leading up to it, I changed my training. I started doing more uh, shoot, shoot wrestling, catch wrestling, jujitsu, um, all this other stuff. And I happened to be on the road a lot leading up to it. So I was training all over the United States with different people. Mm-hmm. And it was it was so good. It completely relit the fire of my love for mixed martial arts. I started training jujitsu at Renzo Gracie right after Bloodsport. And actually, you know, participating in Bloodsport was one of the coolest experiences that I certainly look forward uh, to being back, hopefully, for future Bloodsport events because I absolutely loved it. No, that's good. They are top-notch shows. They're just so different. And when WWE tried to copy it with the underground stuff, I just cringed so much. It was so bad. Um, but that's cool. You worked for various companies as well. Uh, Mission Pro Wrestling, done the Roses Company, uh, Beyond Wrestling. I just want to ask what have been some of your other favourite companies that you've really enjoyed working for? Well, you just named uh, the top two uh, um, that are definitely on my list. Beyond Wrestling and Mission Pro have been two of my favourite places to work. Since I've been back, I've been with both companies since February consistently up until now. Um, Mission Pro, we just hit the road last month with the um, Taco Festival in Jacksonville, and now Mission Pro is on the road for the rest of the year. So y'all should be sure to check them out, as well as, like I mentioned, Beyond Wrestling just a few minutes ago. Mm. Um, Yeah, I'm like, I can't say enough good things about working in both places. I at least definitely look forward to going back there every month. Yeah, it's awesome. And like, I, I was genuinely surprised, like how young you are. Like you're only 23 and you've done so much already. Debut in Japan, you appear in AW, Impact, NWA this weekend. Like this, it's scary. So I, I will ask a question, but it's going to be a bit boring, but it's going to be one of the last questions that I have for you today. Uh, is there anyone at the moment that you've got your eye on that you really want to wrestle that you have not been in the ring with yet? Oh, man, every time I ask this question, I get asked this question, I just want to cry. Um, <laughs> I, I got to team up with Meiko Satomura last summer in August. We both um, got to wrestle Ryo Mizunami, who appeared on AEW, and Kaoru, who's done so much in Japan and Mexico. And it was a really cool match that we did for Sendai Girls. And me and Miko were supposed to have a singles, and it did not take place um, for unforeseeable events. Oh. oh, man. And I'm like, I need this match to happen. Please, God. Just somebody book this match. Promoters. And, oh, no, NXT. I forgot now. Yeah, I'm like, oh. I really want to wrestle Miko Satomura. And the next two people on my list of the top three right now are going to be Charlie Evans and Bea Priestley. Nice, nice. Blair UK UK I forgot I, I forgot a new name now they they won in XT I I I still refer to it as that um I'm gonna ask one last question it's because you're wearing this t-shirt what is your favorite Brutus the Barber beefcake match <laughs> you know yeah, I hate when people ask me these questions because every time you ask me a favorite match I forget every match I ever saw of the wrestler <laughs> like there's okay. many, there's many classic matches that Brutus has had. Beefcake. Um, even I'm struggling. I'm, I'm struggling. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, why don't you name one since you fucking uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, he because he was in the match. There was a match he had he, with. There you go. He wasn't in the match. The you? British Bulldogs and Valentine. Even though he probably did the least work in the match, that would probably be the best match he's ever been involved in. Other than that, I'm, I'm going to struggle with this one. 
if anyone's listening, please reply in the comments once this is uploaded. What is your favorite Brutus the Barber Beefcake match? Because we're struggling at the moment. Seriously. And watch the second we log off here, I'm gonna message you on, on Twitter and be like, aha, this is the link. <laughs> when he was in the dungeon of doom. <laughs> right? I'm like, yo, please bless me record this because now I look real dumb. <laughs> uh, that's all good. No, I, I want to thank for coming on. It's been privilege speaking to you because i know you are so busy at the moment uh, so you made the time to come on what you call it podcast it's been a blast um what is what is the one thing you like to do when you're not wrestling that was training. the official last question training jiu-jitsu oh. awesome I, I can't say i don't do training i just sit in my ass and work from home and talk to wrestlers i can't really mind that's quite good <laughs> uh where can fans find you on social media uh, you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram and on my Facebook pages uh, at Masha Slamovich. The handle is the same everywhere. And for all of the fun, exclusive content, uh, I've actually just uploaded a match from Japan, never before seen, on my Patreon, which is also at Masha Slamovich. Come join all the fun and the party over there. And of course, check out my pro wrestling tees at Masha Slamovich. There is some wicked designs. I have had a browser there. Uh, I'm going to put all those details in the description. Thank you for coming on today. I look forward to seeing how well you do in NWA's first ever all-women's pay-per-view. I know you're going to smash it. Spoiler, you're going to win. Done. Thank you all for tuning in to What You Call It Podcast. There's going to be more episodes coming up very soon. But for now, everyone, just have a good week. Hello, everyone. I have a special announcement for my next guest. Oh yeah. I'm Levi Cooper and catch me on the What Do You Call It podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Tucker.